You're listening to The Big Possible Show with your host, Noah Scott. It's time to break through the limits and achieve all you can imagine. All you can imagine. Welcome to this episode of The Big Possible Show. This is Noah Scott signing on with yet another incredible guest today. Our guest, Travis King, is a startup studio founder who helps entrepreneurs and business leaders become their competitive advantage in 90 days or less. We love the fast track on that, Travis. What's happening, man? How are you? I'm doing great, my guy. How are you, Noah? Ah, couldn't be better. Couldn't be better. So, so Travis, outside of that bio, obviously you've had to put a lot of time and research into just figuring out how to help startups, but um, share a little bit about who you are and what you do outside of that bio. Yeah. So I am a Gemini for those into the Aquarius signs out there. And I am from Delaware, which is a state that many people don't talk about. Um, I have spent the majority of my life in sports, so athletics. Um, I don't know if you can notice, but I've got my little shades, which usually always come around. Um, so I spent a lot of time in, on the track. So I was a triple jumper, played football. I am somebody who's recently gotten into music producing. So you could kind of add a slash music producer to that. I am a dog dad and a cat dad. I uh, um love just finding ways to think in new ways so i usually can be found laying on the floor of my living room trying to come up with new ways to think of things and my favorite food is macaroni and cheese wow i love that this is this is like a a, a glimpse into your your daily life so do you do you go like upside down when you try to get new ideas or you roll around like how do what do you find gets the most inspiration I think it kind of depends on the energy. Like usually it it comes just as I'm listening to something in the background on a very low level. And then I'm trying to solve a problem or answer a question that's related to the topic of the thing and or sound that I'm putting myself in the environment of. And then typically ideas start to flow usually 15, 20 minutes in whether that's a song, solving a problem for uh, a client, uh, just helping a friend through something. But it's usually, you know, once you find that zone, that environment, it can kind of get rolling from there. Oh, yeah. It's so important to take that time to actually think. And so often we, we really don't give ourselves that luxury to slow down and just think. So Travis, as this is the big possible show, we'd love to start off with a story of a time that you were chasing your own big possible. So maybe a time that you were um, either faced against the odds, trying to make something happen, reaching for something that was bigger than yourself. What was going through your head at the time that that happened and, and how did you prevail? Yeah, so one of the things I didn't think was a big achievement until um, more recently, actually, was the fact that in the space that I come from, I'm not what you'd say in OG, where I've been in something for 25 years, right? And when you kind of break into a space and then get known, and now in, in my world, I'm known as the community builder or a community builder, 
I didn't ever think that being curious about a topic over the span of three to five years would then lead you to being a judge of one of the industry's most well-known community events and best new communities of the year. So I went from being someone that didn't have the name community at all in his space, was brand new to the industry. And then two years later, ended up judging, you know, one of the best new communities of the year award for a, an international community CMX, which if you're listening, some people might be familiar with it, but it's a community of community professionals. And so when I started thinking about, well, you were just trying to be curious about a topic and then you reached out to one person that you didn't know from anyone. You then reached out to another person and then another person and another person. And then fast forward, you're now holding this knowledge and this insight around how to build communities, how to connect people, what building a community looks like for a business, what it looks like just for regular people that are looking for belonging, what it looks like for brands and how they can participate in that ecosystem. And I never thought that a podcast would then lead and kind of move me into this space of connection, understanding, and knowledge that I've been able to pick up over the last you know three to five years. Um, I, I don't yeah, I don't think it was something that I, I would have been able to accomplish had I not just put my head down and just focused on one step at a time. Right. So it's kind of a, yes. a, a circle, but yeah. No, it's so powerful because that's, that really speaks to that, that concept of imposter syndrome. And we often shoot ourselves in the foot on taking action, something instead of just letting the natural curiosity to, to improve and get better at something. And we, we just so often we'll say, I'm not good enough to do this. Whereas if you were just to naturally approach it and just grow little by little, eventually you become the master. You become the one who everyone else is asking for, for advice. And it's, and it's so powerful. Like as a fellow community builder, it's like a year ago, I would not have thought that this was what I would be doing. But I, you know, you just had continuously, people would just be coming up to me and saying, Hey, you're really good at this. Hey, you're really good at this. And eventually you start to listen to the signs and the feedback. And it's like, oh, you know what? I actually can implement this. Yeah. So Travis, on, on that topic, what would you say is, is, are some of the, 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 the lessons that you've learned around community building? Um, and you know, maybe just expanding your social circle, expanding your network. What are some of the things that you found that have been really helpful um, and maybe some things that you found actually were just uh, a waste of time. Yeah. So one of the most helpful things that I've learned is it always starts with one. A lot of times people, when they're thinking about starting a community or trying to figure out how it can work for them, right? Because that's what a lot a lot of people think it's a thing that can work for me and I can extract value out of this place. And it, it, it really comes down to starting with one and then realizing that the only reason why this thing exists is for the two people that agreed 
that this should be a thing. And the second it goes to a third person, now there's three brains, souls, hearts, minds to make sure that you're serving and that are getting value out of the thing that is currently being built, however you want to categorize it. And what most community builders and people do that is the worst mistake is try to skip over the first 500 conversations with the ones, the threes, the sevens, the fifths, the ninths, the thirteenths of the group and of the community to really understand why each of these people are showing up for this thing. And if I could give like one, I guess, big eye-opening lesson was that when a community grows too fast, it's almost like a boulder rolling down a mountain covered in ice, covered in fire. At the same time <laughs> that nobody could stop, even if you had the strongest person at the bottom of the hill trying to sit there like, yeah, I'm going to stop this fire burning ice ball that's coming at a thousand miles a minute and really see that like it, sometimes you, you went too far, you burned your people up, you burn people's souls and they don't want to come back up that mountain with you again. And it's usually when it's too late when people actually understand like, dang, I was supposed to be creating value for these people, not extracting the value. And so many times I'm now realizing that if I were being the best version of me, it's like, why would I ever try to extract something before I even knew why or the value that other people we're trying to get for showing up for the thing that I'm building. Um, so biggest, biggest lesson is make sure you're creating value for your community and you're not just extracting from it, whether that's insights, knowledge, sales stuff, marketing stuff, product feedback, whatever things you think you're getting out of it. It's like, uh, make sure that the people that are showing up are actually getting what they individually need and wanted to show up for. Mm, mm, that's so powerful. Yeah. And if, if we can dial in a little bit more, I'd, I'd like to, I'd like to hear, you know, really what makes you tick in terms of, of bringing value to, you know, your communities, especially like the businesses that you're helping, because it, it was very easy to probably go get a job somewhere with your skills, with your, with your expertise, but yet you're creating value for other people. So what, what do you think is the driving force, the why behind why you're, you're out there putting yourself out there to, to impact other people? What, what is the thing that, uh, that makes Travis really just say, this is what I'm here for? Yeah. So one of the things that I've come to realize is that I am addicted to learning. And in some ways, when you're an entrepreneur, it gives you the ability to learn and grow and innovate and build new things. But there's a difference when you're in a place that not only is innovating, but you have the freedom 
to speak and move freely in ways that entrepreneurship doesn't always give someone like me. And so I've had so many, I guess you'd call them unfortunate or unlucky career moments where you show up, you put in your work for the team, you get to practice early, you help out the struggling team member, you help out the executive that doesn't understand what they're doing wrong, all to still be said, yeah, we don't need you. Mm-hmm. And that feeling is something that if you haven't gone through it yet, amen. And if you never go through it, amen. But for those of you that have, you know that a piece of you gets removed every time someone else tells you that you're not good enough. And that piece was just removed a few too many times from my soul and my heart to not be putting the insights that I was able to collect along the journey into my little backpack and then start bringing around the world to give to other founders, entrepreneurs, early stage, you know, business owners, and even just my friends, uh, people in the various business communities that I'm a part of, like there's so much information and insight out there from amazing people that if we just paid attention and looked at it, we might be able to make our trajectory, you know, instead of this 30 year long-term giant thing that you got to figure out, make it a 10 or 15 year thing or a five or three year thing, because there are this many people that laid the path for you. And you're only looking at the things that matter and drive impact for you. So it's kind of like a combination of being able to see, you know, exactly what sort of things that you actually possess in terms of capabilities, understanding, insight, and then not letting other people determine the value of your brain, your heart, your mind, your creativity. And it also is just a better look for me, right? Like, I, I can say and do things now that I before would never have thought of because I had this barrier or this like dome around me of what I could or couldn't say because it wouldn't be accepted in a specific way towards a specific group of people that I was essentially shifting myself into a different version to impress, to make sure they understand my value. And at the end of the day, there's no individuality when you're trying to translate your message to other people because you want them to understand it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're in fact, just stunting your potential by trying to fit in the box. Yeah, totally. Totally. I mean, obviously as, as a, as someone who's left corporate uh, definitely resonating with, with all of that. Um, so let's, let's actually talk about that, that human connection. Cause we touched a lot of it about that with the vulnerability, with the authenticity about being yourself, being, you know, carrying your own torch, showing up and adding value to other people. Um, And when it comes to community, I think that's one of the most important things is that we want to relate to one another as humans and to actually skip the small talk, get into deep conversation that will empower each other. So what, what do you find is really helpful when you're, when you're actually 
trying to build deep connections fast um, and actually get to the heart of what someone needs or wants. Yeah, so are you a music guy? You like listening to music? I like listening to music. I can't, I can't play. Okay. I bought some guitars uh, back with when I was in college. I bought like a, a beautiful Les Paul and then this like, you know, really sweet bass. Played it for like a week and then sold it. <laughs> uh, so I'm going I'm to put it to you in like guitar terms too. Just a different way of thinking about things. Um, like the way that I think about, you know, things being connected, I think about music as a great example to learn from, because when you're playing that Les Paul guitar, you're probably playing around three to five strings if you're a beginner, right? You're not playing the whole minor pentatonic scale up and down all over the place. You don't have inversions, you can't make counter melodies, you have no idea what that stuff is. And when you're playing these notes, there's only like three or four that you actually need to play. Like usually only three or four. And so like when I think about like ways to simplify, help people understand, I'm thinking like, okay, what are the three or four notes that I need to know and understand in order to get the most out of what I'm looking to do? So um, like, with thinking about music, it's like, well, if I'm trying to figure out, um, I'm trying to figure out like, all right, this is a happy sort of, you know, if this is a happy sort of vibe, what are the three or four combinations of things that I need to put together and deconstruct to like to figure out what happiness is? Um, so when I'm thinking about human connection, like I said, uh, Les Paul guitar, five notes, pretty much that's it. And most times what people do is they keep pressing on the wrong notes when they're trying to build deeper relationships. Mm. So like, instead of hitting C, G, A, you're hitting D, F, B, right? And like doing it over and over again. And like, instead of hitting all the notes on the scale that you're playing in to actually make sense, it's like, oh, this is a part of a G major chord. All these things connect, they sound good together. And the more that you actually play these notes up and down in a pattern that actually makes sense, the connection about that song and the emotion that the song is evoking goes deeper and deeper into the person listening. So when I'm thinking about connections, I'm like, how does this tie back into music, everybody? Well, if you're only, you know, playing a few notes, like one note at a time, you're only going to be able to make one sort of connection with that person. Right. And so when I think about connections, I'm like thinking, how do I go from the second octave up to the sixth octave, back down to the third octave, back to the fifth octave. And I'm talking about this through music for another reason. So that way people can start to think like, well, how did he cannot, he definitely was off a little bit, but now he's tied it back into music and I'm actually learning music at the same time. And I'm learning about connection. And that is what the kind of trick that I've picked up about how do you accelerate learning in ways to help people individually understand better. So I'm like, okay, well, he knows what Les Paul guitar is. He knows that there's only five or six notes that he has to play. How can he understand this in a way that when his, you know, community listens to it, they're like, oh, wow. Like, if I'm only playing one note, 
Like I got to play more than one note that people actually like that are in tune with the emotions and feelings that they need to get in order to feel that connection for the state that they're either looking to be in or that they're currently in. Cause that's another little mind hack. Most people don't listen to the music based on what they want to feel. They're actually listening to music based on how they're feeling right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So a uh, long way. I found my way back, but uh, multiple connections kind of similar to the musical notes. And if you're trying to figure out ways to deepen connections, then like start playing more of the right notes for the right people. Right. Like, yes. Harmony. Very, that's, very you know, that's the, Harmony. that's the yep. thing that I'm picking up. Cause it's like, you know, especially if you're crafting, for example, like <clears throat> the language on a sales page or, you know, the, the, the way in which your community is going to be interacting, it's the questions that you ask are those notes that you play. And so if, as you're, if the, if the questions and the statements that you make are in harmony with the state that they're feeling or the aspirations that they want, now all you have to do is add other melodies around that, right? So you can start playing other notes like, okay, now we're going to, you know, for example, this is what we do at the, at the retreats. We go out, we, we add cool sensory experiences. We hit them with different, different emotions and you tell stories and all of that comes together I love the I love the music approach. It's it's uh, yeah. There's so much depth to that. So beautiful. All right. So as we're we're working towards the um, the end of the of, of the show here, one of the final questions that I, I love to ask is really about decision making because when we are reaching for a big dream uh, or a big goal or trying to change anything in our lives, ultimately, what does that is actions, and actions are built on the decisions that we make. And so if, if we approach our decisions with intention, sometimes we can, we can avoid making bad decisions that pull us away from where we want to go. Do you have a decision-making framework or a process or a mental model that you found to be particularly helpful in um, helping you steer clear of bad decisions and make decisions that just feel juicy and right? Yeah, so I love models. I have a few, a lot of people know about the five second rule. Nice, basic. That felt good. That was five seconds of space that everyone just heard. So that's one, just good old classic deep breath. Um, Second one that I love is the no feel do framework. What do I need to know? How am I want to feel about this? What do I need to do? Very, very simple. If I understand what I need to know, how I want to feel, what I want to do. And you can even add think in there if you've got like another half a second. You actually need to like work some things around. Like no think, feel, do. Um, but when I'm able to just look at a decision, like, okay, what do I need to know, do, if I have time, think and feel about this. Okay, great. I know that I need to be here by this time. I know that I can think how it's going to impact me, impact my business, impact my family, impact my life. Okay. How am I going to feel? when this action is done being completed and what do I need to do to actually execute that 
that that task um and then another one i also like is the dis framework and a lot mm-hmm. of people that in your community i'm sure they know about tim ferris and this is a framework that i use a lot uh deconstruction selection sequencing and stakes where as i'm trying to either solve a problem break something down it's like working backwards what are the stakes what's on the table what's on the line what are the sequences of events that also have to happen in order what are the some parts of those events right what are all of the different things that I need to select understand and then deconstruction what's the whole piece of what I have to make a decision around look like um, but all three of those kind of models slash habits practices can kind of be put into the decision making process in addition to the Eisenhower matrix the Eisenhower matrix right that's another one they use to kind of make decisions around like how uh, I got to, you know, delegate or, you know, pass things off. So those are just like a few of my favorites that I kind of use like pretty regularly to kind of think through things. I love that. I love that. I asked the right, I asked the right guy for that. Beautiful. So Travis, it's been epic. Thank you so much for, for sharing your time. How do, how does everyone support you and, uh, and follow everything that you're working on? If you are listening to this, you can tap into me on LinkedIn at Travis Andre King. DM me on Instagram and you can also just shoot me an email at Travis at launchpointlabs.com. Happy to chop it up and you know sit down and talk to anybody that's on the show that wants to you know you know learn, grow, uh, potentially you know do some things together. But I'm really all about how can we think and connect on deeper levels together when when you know we have that time. Beautiful. Beautiful. Travis, this has been epic. Thank you so much. And uh, I'll see you when I'm in New York. Yes, sir. Can't wait. Appreciate you. All right. That's it for this episode of The Big Possible Show. This is Noah Scott signing out to let you know I appreciate you for being here. Of course, if you enjoyed the episode and want to share some feedback, visit Apple and drop a review. That review will help other people find the show. And it also gives me a signal that, hey, people are out there listening. And with that, May the rest of your day be filled with epic adventures. And I'll see you right here for the next episode.